Let not your hearts be troubled. I think that's a word for today, don't you? Uh, so many of us have worries, and especially worries about security, not just in the here and now, but in the long term, in the medium term, and right now. Are we going to have health care in the next few years? Uh, 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 are the things that we've put aside for retirement, I'm thinking as an old person here, as you can tell, are the things that we put aside for retirement going to last? Are we going to have our health in the years to come? But there are many, many things about our economy, about our security, about our safety, and there are all kinds of ways that we've tried to meet those uh, concerns. I mean, I, I know people who, who uh, in recent years have gone out and bought guns uh, just because they were afraid, not because of sport or any other reason. I know people who, who are so worried about their retirement funds that they're probably... Uh, uh, losing sleep and ruining their health. But these disciples, they had concerns not only for the, their own time, but for eternity. They had decided to follow this man, Jesus. They believed that he spoke God's word to them. He had encouraged them and now, just when things were getting difficult, he was saying, I've got to go. Indeed, he goes on to say, it's to your advantage that I go. And they don't get it. They don't get it. We might say that they were drawn to Jesus because they were hungry, they were anxious, they were wanting to know more of God, the one whom Jesus calls Father. And so as he addresses them, he says, believe, or some translations put it this way, you believe in the Father, you believe in God, believe also in me. And I think, you know, that, that concept was, was growing in them. It wasn't fully matured. The notion that somehow he was indeed God incarnate, that he was the only begotten son of the Father, as we say in our creeds. This notion that, he, as Jesus himself says here in John's gospel in another place, that I and the Father are one. This identity, this common sense of not only purpose, but identity, that he's God. But even as he says it, they're saying in, in their heads, I think, if we could read their minds, so this is a guess, he's saying, they're saying to themselves, if all of this is true, then why are you going away? 
And he answers them. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Because where I am, you will be. And so he's also saying that there is a connection, not only a connection between him and the Father, which is an absolute mystery and yet very, very real, but there is a connection between you as my disciples, Jesus is saying, and me. And so if you want to be connected with God the Father, be connected to me. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then he goes on to say, he talks about his, the Father's house. And, you know, I, I, I was trying to think of an illustration for what the Father's house might look like. It says there are many rooms, or as King James says, there are many mansions. It, it would be as if it were a huge uh, uh, estate with, with uh, sort of mini palaces all over. However it is, I think it's not so important that it is a place but it is that it is a place where we meet God. It's more about the relationship than the destination. And so he's saying, when he says there are many rooms or many mansions, he's saying there's a place for everyone, everyone who believes in me, everyone who sincerely wants to follow me to the place that I have prepared for them. And then he challenges them. Not directly, but in a kind of, kind of almost a humorous way. He says, so um, you know the way where I'm going. Of course, Philip, a realist, he says, we don't know where you're going. How do we know how to get there? We don't know where. We don't understand some of this stuff when you talk about father's house and many rooms, many mansions, big estate. Oh, my gosh. You know, when I, I tried to visualize this, this father's house concept, and I thought, is it like, uh, is it like Downton Abbey? Where everybody, I mean, it's a big house, right? Nice rooms, guests for the, for, the, for the weekend, and we all dress up. Men in tails, women in their finest. We sit around and we act very polite to one another. I think it's more like grandma and grandpa's at Christmas time. Kids all over the place, lots of noise, people having uh, discussions. Uh, let's hope that, you know, Uncle Charlie doesn't do something to offend everybody else. I don't think, uh, it's supposed to be heaven. So uh, presumably either Uncle Charlie's been converted or he's not there. <laughs> Poor Uncle Charlie. So that there's life, there's intensity, there's communication, and it's filled with love. But it's not all like this. I don't think. I don't think so at all. 
And so to get to this place, a place where the center is this great dining table where the heavenly father presides <laughs> and the son is at his right hand and the spirit is all around. Oh my gosh, what a place. But it's about the relationship with the triune God. It's not about a physical location. That's what I'm trying to say. And so when Jesus responds to, to Philip's question, how can we know the way? He says, I'm the way. If it's about relationship with the Father, it's a relationship that I'm inviting you to through me, through myself, Jesus says, as the Son. We're always thinking in terms of getting someplace. And what Jesus is saying to us is, how can we be connected? How can we be connected? Even when we talk about the nature of church as family or community, it's not so much about how much I love Annie and Tim. It's really about how much we love Jesus, each one of us, and how that love spreads out and joins us together. It's about relationship, this heaven thing, this God thing, this destination that we speak of. It's about knowing the Father as well as he knows us, knowing the Father indeed as well as Jesus knows him. And so Jesus switches. He, he goes from this notion of the Father's house, and it's a place where we're, we're coming to and we'll be with Jesus. He says, he talks about knowing the Father. If you had known me, he starts, you would know the Father. He says, he goes on to say in so many words that it, it, for he says, from now on, you do know him and have seen him. And this notion of, 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 uh, of knowing and of seeing, or as the disciples later say, show us the Father. Show us the Father. Do we, do we see the Father? Do we know him? Have, have we been shown the Father? And again, Jesus says it comes back to the relationship that we have with him. If we have truly seen and known Jesus, and how do we do that? We start with God's word, the gospels. We, we, we continue as, as through Bible study and, and teaching and preaching uh, the Gospels are open to us and we explore the, the character in this person and what the message is as we're doing today. We see, we begin to know and to see who Jesus is. And what he's telling us is if we understand who he is, we understand as best as any human being can 
what the Father is and who he is and what his character is and what his intentions are for us, what his purposes are in all creation. So Philip says, again, he's the one who's probably speaking for everybody else. I don't think he's the, he's the outlier here. And I think he's speaking for us. I think for some of us, we love this community. We, we, we even kind of get the, the basics. We, we understand and believe the creed. But perhaps we don't understand. We don't really feel like we know the Father. We don't feel like the Father's character and purposes and life has been so revealed to us that, that we can say, yeah, I'm really secure in my relationship with him. Someone that I know very well said to me the other day, and this is a person who has really struggled in their life on all kinds of levels, said to me, I don't believe, or I think he said, I know, that if I didn't get up every day and open the Bible and my little devotional book and spend at least a half an hour reaching out to God the Father. If I didn't do that every day, I know that my life would be a shambles because I spent 40 years doing it the other way, and it was. And I've only found some peace in the last few years when I consciously every day reached out and said, I want to know you, God. I want to know the Father. And he looked in the book, and there was Jesus the Son saying, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. If you know me, you know the Father. And I believe that that's a lifelong process. I think we're drawn into covenant relationship with the Lord by many different means. You know, I think it's important that we come to a place and say, yes, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I believe that he died for my sins according to the Scripture. I believe that my eternal life is dependent upon him. We say these things and we, we at some level embrace them and, and have faith. But I think the working out of that faith is a lifelong process. It's a process of knowing more and more about who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Letting it somehow go down deeper in our souls. Letting it permeate our mental processes. That's what conversion is. It's not just say, I believe. It's say, I commit myself to a relationship which is lifelong with the Son of God so I can know my Heavenly Father. And I can only do that by the Holy Spirit. Okay. So Jesus has to 
has to challenge his own disciples. That's, that's the point here. They're no better. And, and they're no better than any of us. The, the most struggling of believers and seekers. Uh, what, what does he say to them? You know, he says, uh, he says, have I been with you so long, Philip? And yet, and yet, you're asking me to show you the Father? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? This is Jesus' way of talking about this relationship whereby somehow each is distinct and yet they are so integrally connected that there is, in some sense, no difference. Now, for those of you who are theologians, I understand that what I just said doesn't really conform with Trinitarian doctrine. But I'm talking about the way that we process these things in terms of how we understand relationship in our own lives. So Jesus says, okay, if you're saying that somehow you haven't gotten anything that I've tried to say to help you understand who the Father is, just believe when you see that blind guy. Remember that blind guy? And I spit my hands and took some dirt from the ground and rubbed it on his eyes, and he, he could see? Isn't that what... The father would want to do to a blind guy. Remember that cripple? They let down through the roof. I mean, all of these, he's saying, Look at the things that I have done. Look at the things that I have done. Don't they point up to the creator, to the father, the creator of the universe? And then he says the most amazing thing. He says it to these guys. Remember, these are the guys that have been with him, his disciples, who have actually experienced some of those same Holy Spirit-inspired and empowered works themselves. He says, you will do greater things than I have done. Not, and I'll... I'll I'll bring this to a close here in a minute. <laughs> You'll do greater things than I have done, not because I'm trying to put you up on some kind of pedestal, not because I'm trying to sort of invite you to say, oh, it's going to be really big. <laughs> if you just do this faith thing, if you just do this, you know, getting to know me better thing, it's going to be really big, and you're going to be really big with it. No. He's saying, God is big, and you will bring glory to the Father as you do these things in my name. Jesus says, in my name. So what's our life all about? Yeah, it's about, it's about ending up in the Father's mansion, if you will. But it's about giving glory now so we can share his glory 
forever. So how do we do that? We do the simple things. We, we reach out to him in prayer. We open the book so that he can speak to us. We go to the people who, who encourage us and inspire us. You go talk to Jonathan about how to become a better follower of Jesus. You go talk to Brian. You go talk to Annie. And we pray together and encourage one another so that we can see Jesus together and glorify the Father in a way that will draw these people who don't know him into that, into that community that, that seeks him. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for your word. And thank you that you've given us your son to show who you are and that you've not only given us, <laughs> you've given us to Jesus and that Jesus is giving us to you. And this we pray and give thanks for in Jesus' holy name. Amen.